Welcome back to the Flying Line podcast. I've got Sam here with me tonight. Uh, Zach is uh, off and away, but we'll get him back next week. Uh, we're here to talk about an up and down week for FC Cincinnati. Uh, we had a solid win on Wednesday against Toronto. It was a 3-0 win. And then unfortunately, this past Saturday, uh, a 3-0 loss. So a little bit different. Um I'm going to get this out of the way right away and say that uh, I am the jinx of the team on the away games. Uh, I'm two for two this year. Uh, St. Louis, terrible game. DC, terrible game. So uh, I don't think I'm going to be traveling the rest of the year, Sam. So how are we doing tonight? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, unlike you, I didn't really get to see much of the DC game, um, but good, I obviously saw highlights, saw you know some stuff on uh, the MLS pass. Um, so I'm all caught up and I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't want to tell you that you're a jinx either, but I mean, <laughs> I, I, we may have some, some podcast listeners or YouTube listeners that they may be in the comments coming after you, um, after you given a little back background to where you've, uh, been at and what you've been doing uh, as far as, you know, the away matches, but, uh, but yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Good. Good to hear that. Um, like I said, it was a, up and down week overall. Um, I think your text to me was actually like the most accurate thing. It's like when I went to the St. Louis one, it was with St. Louis fans like that we went with. When I went to the DC match, you know, it was DC fan, you know, that we went with. I think we just need to go together and we'll get this mojo back straight. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, that, that's exactly what I told you. I was like, maybe it just takes the, the three full and boys to to go to a, an away game together and get it all situated i think that would do the trick hopefully but i need some time to pass so i can get this out <laughs> of my head because i feel like i'm responsible right now for both the losses yeah emotions are definitely up and down as the the podcast episode will tell you right um i mean speaking on um being at fault for a loss uh toronto uh, as a city holding back uh, our Yersin from getting back into the country. I think they were a little bit upset about our win on, uh, on Wednesday. That's right. They fired their coach today too. So, you know, <laughs> they've got a lot of emotions going on up there. So let's just let them handle whatever they're doing and, you know, we'll take that dub. But um, if you want to, if you want to launch right into it, uh, we'll go right into the, to the recap here. Um, like you had talked about, 3-0 win against Toronto. Phenomenal game. Um, I thought FC Cincinnati, it, this is kind of a an FC Cincinnati that we we don't really see too often. Um, I thought this game, they were down, obviously, you know, a, a couple guys for international stuff. Um, like you talked about Mascara, we got Vasquez and Miazga gone. Um, no Moreno as well in the lineup um, to hold down the midfield. Um, so, I thought they played a lot more aggressive than they usually do. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, you can you can kind of talk about that based off of you know the possession stats and other things like that. But like, if you were to watch the game itself, I thought they they played really aggressive. Um, and to me, if Toronto maybe converted some of their chances early there um, in the first half, they might have been able to to make this you know somewhat of a higher scoring game. Uh, might have been like a three two or. Um, you know, maybe a four two, something like that, maybe to open the game up a little bit, like even more than it was. Um, but you know, all in all, like I said, very well played match by FC Cincinnati. Um, and Lucho, man, like 
the guy continues to show you why he's <laughs> in the MVP race every single week. Um, yeah. I think I tweeted it out among you know other people that did, but fifth straight home game um, that he scored in, which is just insane, mm -hmm. um, goes to show how much he feeds off of having his family there at every single home game. Every single time he scores, he goes over, he gives them a hug. Like just having the fans there at the home stadium as well just gives him like a, a new energy, it feels like. Um, but I want to give a huge shout out to Angula as well. I think I tweeted it out as well. I thought this was one of the best games, if not the best game that he's played for FC Cincinnati so far. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think all in all, solid game. Yeah, that's a, that's a good take. Uh, there's a couple of your points that you made that I wanted to kind of touch on individually. Um, when the when the lineup comes out at first, we don't see Mourinho in there. It's one of the situations again where you don't really know what the lineup's going to be. You know, we seem to have a good idea of maybe the guys that are available. You know, mm -hmm. we get an hour before the game, we finally get the lineup. You know, and Angulo's in there, and you're like, okay, you know, you have a solid eleven. Uh, I think all of our nine subs were all guys that played for FCC two this year. So talking about young guys, I mean, some of them have made their debuts on the team, but young, young roster. Um, but touching on Angulo, especially, you know, I see that at first and you're like, you never know what you're going to get at least early on in the year. It seems like that, that was his coming out game. I think you had tweeted that as well. Um, Angulo really showed out uh, not only, you know, in this game, I felt like in DC actually played pretty decent as well of, uh, I guess, one of the only bright uh, players for us that game. Uh, and yeah, we'll get to that on. here in a little yeah. bit. But um, so, yeah, I would say that I, I think Lucho um, always shows out at home. There's got to be some sort of record for him. Like you had said, Sam, five goals in a row at home. Um, I think that's probably best for our team, at least in the MLS for sure, if not USL days as well. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I think that all, all of what you said is really, really good points. Um, the energy was there. That was the other thing I wanted to touch on too, is, uh, you see again, how well the reds are doing shout out to the reds for actually going to the game and pulling the sword. That was pretty awesome. sick. Yeah. And actually bringing like the Viking helmet and the Cape with them to like, yeah. do it. Jonathan India. Yep. Oh man. It was so exciting. Every, I think that really got everyone into the game, you know? Cause a lot of times a Wednesday game is a late arriving crowd and, but enough people were there to see it. We were hyped. We were ready to go. Like you said, though, there was some opportunities for Toronto early on. Bernadeschi gets a left footed shot. Uh, well, yeah, that, that's a name that uh, is getting booed every time. I'll, I'll touch on him later. Ball. Yeah. But, yeah. No kidding. Um, but uh, yeah, really uh, had the crowd going, um, really engaged crowd for Wednesday night. So that was cool to see. Um, in the first mm -hmm. half, I felt like it was kind of back and forth. I hate when there's games where I look at how many fouls we have versus they have. I mean, we ended up the game being, you know, 21 fouls for us versus I think 11 or 12 for them. And it's like, yeah, man, early on, you're thinking, okay, the fouls are racking up. The yellow cards are probably going to start racking up here too, but um, made me a little bit nervous. I don't know, watching it, did you get that sense as well? Yeah, 1,000%. I mean, I, I had a note at the – so we were going to recap both games, and I literally had a note at the end of recapping both of these games, we have to lessen the cards. Yeah. Way too often are we ending games with three or four cards – 
And I mean, you look at both games, you look at Toronto and the DC game, which we'll touch on that here in a little bit, but the Toronto game specifically in Wobodo picks up another one. Yeah. Right. And he's already been suspended once. Like it is, it, we have to be a little bit more careful because not only are, do we not have guys because of international stuff, we don't have them because of injury. Right. Suspensions are stupid. It, those are decisions <laughs> that you can control. Those are things right. that you can control. Right. Like let's not sit here and, you know, say, Oh, well, you know, I was trying my, like, I like them being aggressive, right? Like I just said, but there's a, there's a difference between aggressive and stupidity and stupidity is you knowing that you just got suspended for having a certain amount of yellow cards already. Right. And then just going and, you know, I'll get another, like, it's one thing to like have a challenge where you're saving a goal, but like, so yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, guys, what are you thinking on it? Um, but yeah, I mean, especially like the, in the first half. Yeah. 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 Especially in the first half. So, um, you know, the one thing I respect out of, you know, 41st minute comes, uh, I think we had just scored, I believe. Um, so we're kind of riding this high, a ball gets played down to the corner, Bernadeschi and Powell go at it right in front of the Bailey. And, you know, he bodies him out. He does a good job at doing that. And he gets up, uh, well, because of the shove, you know, Gaddis comes over and gets right up into his face, you know, the classic moment that I think everyone in FCC land knows about now, but uh, Gaddis, man, standing up for his teammates, the Reverend, I mean, probably didn't say a single cuss word in that exchange, but just let the dude know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was, that was fantastic. I mean, that game, I know just that moment people want to, create that like put that moment everywhere right they want to see that as like a mural in the stadium right so that's one moment that could be you know immortalized in fc cincinnati lore and you know forever (laughs) the other one is the fact that people want a lucho statue built like today true true yeah i think uh at least from that game you had two worthy moments i mean unbelievable go goal by lucho too um i I don't know uh what'd you say I said, and the assist and the assist. Absolutely. Yeah. Pretty incredible. Um, I wanted to get your take on that situation though, with Bernadeschi, was it a head push or a head, butt? what is your uh, opinion on that one? It was a, it was a push. I mean, a head, butt would be yeah coming up like a lot further, but yeah. um, I think it was more of a push than a head, butt. so I don't, In I don't know. Those, those things are, th- those things are sticky situations because yeah. like you, you, both guys put themselves into that position. Like Ray put his head forward, Bernadeschi right. put his like, I mean, it's, it's a confrontation. Yeah. I mean, yellow is probably deserved. I don't know if a red from Bernadeschi was deserved. Uh, maybe from maybe a, if it was a yellow from him, you know, knocking the guy down and then right. headbutting Ray, then that could be a double yellow. I could see that. But I don't know, just the headbutt is probably just yellow. I don't know how you define the difference between a push and a headbutt, though, at that point in that level of like, he like kind of, he didn't like cock back, but he like goes into him and you're just like, okay, yeah, Ray initiated it, but like, what's he supposed to do in that situation? Like, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, uh, can you imagine like being in the uh, VAR box and they're like, right, I don't know, what do you I don't know what you guys, what do you guys think? <laughs> oh, I think it was a put. No, it looked like a head, but and, uh, all right, everybody take a vote. 
<laughs> like <laughs> probably was some sort of secret mode or something. They called up the league. They're like, what do you think about yeah. this situation? Oh, it's Bernie. Zoom in, Esky. zoom in, zoom in, zoom in. Right, right, exactly. I, I will tell you in the stadium, it was the clearest replay I'd ever seen for a foul. Like they show it <laughs> on the big like Jumbotron above the Bailey, and all you can see is a slow-mo of the head into him. And I'm like, excellent work by the editing people to get that out there right away. Uh, much appreciated. Oh, yeah. And, so. Well, and then, you know, obviously the rest of the game, they're just booing him every single touch. I love every that. touch. Every yeah. single I've never seen I've seen players like Amaya where we've booed him, you know, parts of the game. Every touch, every single touch. And the dude by the end was like smiling. He's like, I know I yeah. got away with this. He's like, I know I, I messed up, but it was fun. I mean, part of him has to also respect like the energy of our crowd though at the same time, right? Right. Yeah, true, true. So that was in the first half. Uh, we go to halftime with a one goal lead. You feel like you could get maybe a little bit more, you know, out of that half too. Like you said, they had some early chances, but we were starting to kind of build in confidence um mm -hmm. you know by the second half uh when we win that you know turnover and uh angulo plays that nice ball over um to lucho you know we're, we're starting to roll by that point so i was happy to see that um and then shortly after to have a beautiful ball by lucho just played through baji just bodies the guy is off uh you know shades oh my of the gosh. yeah orlando game of last year um so Pretty cool to see Baji get on the uh, score sheet for that as well. So, just the the wherewithal to like the foul happens, and then the wherewithal for Lucho to be like, "All right, here, like, where's the next pass?" Like right. already playing right. it quick, right? Catching the the opposition off guard, um, and then dude, Baji, like, <laughs> that's see, that's like, that's the the plays that we want to see our, our number nine make especially sure. if they're going to be you know, right. of that size and stature that vasquez and baji both are um right. i know we've talked about it like how they can't really play together like it's it's a weird combination mm -hmm. um but those like those guys that's what we want to see out of them we want to see that aggression we want to see them bodying a guy kind of like i mean it gave me the glimpses of what we saw earlier this year from you know our man city guy mr erling holland like that's just right. bodying right. people off the ball and then just with a beautiful finish between the legs like that was phenomenal yeah that's what you want from your striker you're exactly right um hopefully that builds in his confidence um i saw you know obviously that game he played fairly well if you go to the dc game and you kind of lose a little bit um maybe he's not as familiar with playing with kimi up there that's something that i was kind of looking at to see um but I, I hope that, you know, Baji can build off of that. Hopefully yeah. getting Santos back as well is going to, you know, for sure help, um, you know, to have another strong presence, but actually more of a speed guy with him as well. Um, so that'll be something to look at in the next couple of games. But um, in the end, you know, solid win. Um, I think uh, by the end of the game, I really had no concerns about them scoring. And it's really funny because they had some really good opportunities. Insigne gets the ball in a good position. Bernadeschi does as well. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, I'm expecting something to happen because we have, you know, one true center back back there. That was the other thing that I really wanted to touch on is like Powell and Gaddis played unreal in the middle there. So yeah. at least in that yeah. game. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was about to say. At least like... in that game. Yeah, my, my jersey swap changed after watching the second game. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, the other the other thing I know you wanted to touch on was obviously the youth. 
right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, that, that you're talking about the end of that game. A lot of the, the kiddos from FCC2 came in, uh, right. made their debuts. You got Halsey, Valenzuela, and Jimenez that both made their debuts. Um, and I know you wanted to touch on it as well, but Jimenez tied for the fifth youngest MLE, MLS debut, um, youngest this season, which is really cool. That is cool. Um, and I, I thought it was really cool um, that a couple of the the local news outlets, um, I, I believe it was Channel 5 that interviewed him, but mm -hmm. um, wanted to ask him about, you know, because he turned, what, 16 a couple days afterwards Saturday. and was talking about, like, you don't even have your license yet. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, imagine you're getting a chance to play in front of your, you know, home supporters at the age of 15, almost 16 years old. You know, you've been playing your whole life. You're at your peak interest in the sport. Like, unbelievable for him to come in and get some minutes there. Only builds to his confidence. He's already got some youth national team appearances for the U.S. Mm -hmm. He's building every year. I'm sure we're going to see more and more of uh, Mr. Steven Jimenez. So, shout out to him. Uh, awesome to see him in there. I felt like Halsey has uh, jumped uh, Isaiah Foster a as a, a left back choice for backup. So uh, what a, you're, what you're giving me some too. expression. Yeah. What do you think of him? What a dog. Like, okay. I know I had talked about, we need to lessen the card amount, but yeah. his card was worth it. My gosh, what yeah. energy off the bench. You get a card in your first cap, like <laughs> just showing the energy. Right, I love right. that. I love that. And I, yeah. I hope that the veterans love that as well. Yeah. I hope they agreed and, and love that, that same energy to a degree. I know, right. you know, like I just talked about yellow cards can be stupid and stuff, but it's when, when it's your debut, you want to like, you want to make some noise and yeah, what better your... game to do that. You're up three Oh, sure. Go ahead. Like, right. Go ahead. Well, you want to get a footing into the game and show them like, look, you know, I know I'm young, but I'm here, you know, Oh yeah. look, look at me over here on this side and you actually have to pay attention to me. So um, good shout on that. I like that. By the end of the game, when he starts bringing these young guys in, I'm like, oh, man, Pat is totally just showboating right now. Like, Toying he's totally him, yeah. like, let's get all these young guys in while you're looking at the other side and Orsorios and, and you know, uh, Richie Larea's in Canada national team players. You know, you have two Italian former national team guys as well. And then all our young guys come in. I mean, that's just the total, like, pinnacle of being a coach i feel like at that point don't you think that's like the ideal position to be in like your team's winning by so much you can get experience for your younger guys i'm just wondering if pat like during those substitutions just like looked over to his right like you know just give him a little, <laughs> give him a little hey, hey, you know. yeah right i i looked over at zach zach and i were at the game and i said this is bob bradley's possible last game i i really oh, thought so and it was. <laughs> I, I mean, he, I think he coached Saturday, but that was it. So, yeah. Um, Sam, it uh, looks like you have our trivia question of the week, though. Let's go ahead and get that in here. Yeah. So, trivia question of the week. Um, you know, talking about that that first game without, you know, Matt Miazga in the lineup. Um, Wednesday marked FC Cincinnati's first regular season game without Matt Miazga. Since his debut, who did he make his FCC debut against? Matt came in last year in the summer. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that it was the Columbus crew. Is that, That's what I'm going to put in. I, I'm impressed that that was the last game that we played without. So that's pretty impressive. 
Yeah. So answer locked in Columbus crew. Uh, um, at the end of the episode, we will find out what the answer is. Cool. Cool. I like that question though. I, I didn't realize that. Like I said, he's played tons of minutes this year and shout out to him for playing a pretty decent match for the U S um, against Jamaica on uh, Saturday night as well. Were you able to see yeah. any of that game as, as a uh, part of it or all of it or highlights? I did. I did. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I watched a little bit of, of it. Um, you know, looking at the first goal that they conceded, I mean, a lot of people were like, oh, that's Miazga's fault, which, I mean, you could probably say it was. Um, yeah. However, I'd like to put that more on the back line, like the whole back line as a whole um, and not keeping that line. I know Matt Miazga kind of just took off a little early than he should have. Um, but Looked I thought like it was Aaron Long's guy, didn't it? Well, yeah, so Aaron, like, came in and Miazga went towards the goal, right? right? right. So, like I said, it, it full back line in my opinion but yeah. um they're probably gonna blame it on matt but i thought he played well <laughs> the west eh, played well the rest of the game um yeah. and then you got vasquez in there scoring a little dinky goal give him some confidence too so i love to see that for him just confidence yeah. wise just like you said um hey it's a cleanup goal but that's a striker's goal you put yourself in oh those yeah poachers goal yeah put it in. absolutely yeah. So um, I'm not going to lie. I was jumping up and down when I saw that. I was like so pumped for it. Well, especially after the the start that they had. But um, talking about missing Matt Miazga, we move on to D.C. Yeah. And I know for you, um, we're we're probably going to get at least like 10, 20 minutes out of you probably just talking about whatever you want. So I'll just give you most of the time. Um, so I'll, I'll start here first, just to give my points out. You got the rest. All right. Sure. sure. Cause I know you're there. You got <laughs> to experience all of it. I got a lot. Um, built up, man. Exactly. So before this, um, we had five starters out of the lineup due to either injury, illness or international duty. So just want to preface that as well. Um, <laughs> but at, at the start of the game, um, Benteke, you you called it last last uh, podcast. You said he's going to be a threat, like he's going to be a guy, and he was an aerial threat the entire game. Nobody could put a body on him. Haglund couldn't put a body on him. Murphy didn't really put a body on him. Uh, Murphy went out of the game at one point. <laughs> um, so it, it showed that this game like really showed that you can't really rely on our bench to start multiple games. You can rely on them for one game if you need them. But then you got to put those start like the guys who right. start regularly, like Matt Miazga, back in. Like you can't keep them two straight games, or else that system's not going to, you know, it's not going right. to work. Playing your right backs as your center backs, you know, like aren't going to work. Um, so I thought the the second goal, um, the set piece was was too easy. Um, I mean, Roman had a phenomenal save. Like that was a really really good save. That's the what? best you could do. Um, and the defense, I mean just bad bounce and a heck of a shot, to be honest with you, it was a rocket of a rebound. Um, But then, you know, they keep getting chance after chance and it's just, it's boiling. It's just continues to boil. Um, And then the third goal, it's like the first mistake I've seen Celentano make in a very long time. Like I, I, you don't see Celentano make mistakes like that. And it goes off the inside uh, underneath like that's one of the most embarrassing moments as a goalie and I just felt bad because it went off the post too and it like it just like trickled in it just it didn't look like a good goal it wasn't great so much so much like like his fault right it wasn't like oh well it could have been kind of like a good shot or something but it was I mean that one's all on Roman um but 
to touch again on uh, Halsey coming in, I thought it was hilarious him towards the end of the game tracking Benteke on the far corner. <laughs> I thought that was so funny because he's like a five foot whatever. Ben Benteke is like six foot whatever, and it was just like kind of looking at uh, Ellie De La Cruz and Altuve just like, <laughs> like right next to each other. That's what it looked like for a moment. But um, he kind of held his own and he put his body on the line for a block, which once again, bringing the energy, which I love. But um, yeah, I, I just Mur- Murphy and Angulo, like Angulo's miss and then Murphy getting the red card. It was just the nail in the coffin right there. It was like, all right, well, let's pack it up. Let's just go home and, you know, we play – a home game next week and we actually have some time until that that next game so <laughs> let's just let's just go home like that's what it just felt like you're kind of dead on on your points like all of them too um i i feel like in both games like again i went to the st louis game you have a hour or two hour delay because of possible tornado warning in that one so that throws off the team's mojo like okay you give them a pass on that but your starting lineup is in that game and you still have that happen. This game, you're riding, you know, a couple solid games in a row. You have this long streak of games, but you have a break. So it's not like you haven't been playing, you know, all these games in a row. You've had some time. Um, I think what you make a good point about is with the starters and experience, especially on the road. Um, unfortunately our, our road record this year is three, four, and two. Uh, if you want to be a great team, you have to find ways to at least tie on the road. Um, so coming into this game, you know, I'm in the DC area for the weekend and I'm so pumped, you know, I'm ready to see all the other FCC supporters, you know, I'm ready to check out a new stadium side note on the stadium. Um, kind of interesting when you walk into Audi field, you don't really like walk in and down into it. It's all flat and you walk up. <laughs> so when you're walking oh. around the concourse, you see views of the field. Like you're at like a high school event. It's kind of bizarre. Oh. It's, it's very strange. So you're under the bleachers essentially, and then you go out and up. So that was really interesting. Oh. Um, I will give a shout out to a decent amount of FC supporters that again, like me are making the travel for these games. And, you know, we just didn't show up from the get go. Um, it gave me so much shades of the St. Louis game where not even 10 minutes into the game. And you're like, all right, this team just does not look like they're into this, like at all, like effort wise. I don't know what it was. Um, they didn't seem to like keep possession. Well, um, I think that DC had not played a game since last Saturday. So that definitely makes a difference with us playing the game on Wednesday. Um, But still like you guys got to come out and at least show like you're up for the fight of it. We go down early and you know, that's when I think really you get some heads going down. You see some guys that are like, okay, look into your veterans. That's where Miazga comes in and he goes, guys, let's go. Come on. You always see him with his hands. Don't you? He's like, Mm -hmm. even on the national team, he's, telling everyone let's go let's go no matter what team he's on he's the guy that's really going to be laying into people about that and now we go down a goal they all look around and they're like all right what do we do you know who do we look at who do we go to and that's lucho that's usually lucho and i feel like unfortunately this game he tried to make more happen out of nothing and kind of overdid it had some dribbles where he just would dribble into the opposition 
we just didn't look dangerous and um, it just was not really a cohesive attack. It wasn't a cohesive effort. There was sparks of effort in there. Barial had a pretty decent game. He had some pretty good line runs, but then just couldn't find anyone in the box. Yeah. You know, you had Kimi trying to work with uh, Acosta and they just weren't on the same page at all. You know, there was just a lot of like unknowns and I think too many unknowns personally. I'm not the coach. Mm-hmm. I don't claim to be a coach by any means, but you have, you know, Haglin hasn't played in a couple of weeks and he comes in and you expect him to play in, in the center and be the anchor. Uh, maybe a questionable, you know, decision there with the way that Murphy had been playing. You put Kimi in, maybe Kimi's got, you know, two starts this year already. This is his third, but hasn't really like found his footing with some of the guys on the field. So I think his hand was kind of forced. Noonan's hand was kind of forced in some ways with the roster that he had. Mm-hmm. MLS rules. So for those who are listening, as Sam mentioned, you know, we had people out, especially at the U.S. roster. Miazga, you know, Vasquez go out playing for the U.S. team. They're in a club or in a national team tournament in the middle of the MLS season. I mean, that makes it tough for your rosters that are really good and you're sending those guys to the national team. So you really force the MLS coaches hands to try to find guys that work, that gel. Um, and I think that makes it really tough. I felt like at some point this game was going to happen. Like you guys had touched upon, you know, last episode at some point we had to crack and, you know, um, I hate to see that unfortunately while I was there and now for both away games that I've been to, um, it was cool again, being with others, traveling supporters, but I just would love to see more effort, just an effort thing. That, that is the thing that just drove me crazy during that game the most um and i'm sure you know they're trying their best but it was just tough to watch sorry i'll get off my rant now but (laughs) no yeah i think i think you saying that pat said exactly the same thing he was like you know we were gonna lose some you know at some point it was bound to happen now we can move on and you know that's definitely the attitude that the whole team the fans should have um is you know we lost Let's move on. You know, we're still, I think you had said eight points clear, right? Seven, seven points. eight points. Clear. Seven, yeah, seven, seven points, points right now, clear yeah. of our next opponent, which we'll touch on later in the episode. Um, but yeah, I, I just it leaves a bad taste in your mouth, especially you know, like you talked about up front, it just looked a little lackadaisical. Like it was just one guy. It wasn't like a team up front trying to get a goal together. Um, it was people making runs and then just didn't know what to do after that. Um, I mean, on top of that, you have 17 shots on goal um, and it just seemed forced. They seemed rushed, right? right? It was like, you know, even when we were, you know, down, right? Like right away, it it, it was just like, they were trying way too hard to to get back and not letting the game come to them. We have, you know, in in that first half, like we have time, like we have a whole second half to come. Like we have subs. If you, you don't feel anything's happening or, you know, just at least keep the possession as much as you can. And we'll try and figure it out. You know, yeah. obviously that's not the the most glamorous way to play, you know, soccer, but at least, you know, it's not that three zero result that you get, right. You know, yeah. maybe we limit it to one, two Oh, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I mean, in, in that setting, like you could definitely coach them and say, look, we don't, have our best guys we don't have our best effort or you know kubo's out on sickness so we're short a couple of experienced guys too hey let's let's go in and let's 
play tough, but let's play in a way where we're not going to, you know, put ourselves at risk. Um, and the goals that they get are not like well-built goals. Like one of them is a crossover. No one steps on him. The second one is a deflection off of the keeper. And the third is Roman, like you said, through his legs, um, which, you know, honestly, I hate to say this, but like St. Louis game was one where like the ball hits off the post, hits him in the head and goes in. And then this one, it goes through his arm. So again, I feel like I'm jinxing this team in some way, but uh, it's like, dude, you play so well every other game. And then I go to these two away ones and like, I don't know what happens, but um, yeah. So in, in some ways, like if it's a one Oh result, or let's say, you know, we go into half and we're down by a one goal, it's different. Maybe you let the game kind of build more. We had a lot of corners to try to score on, but uh, like I mentioned last episode, Ben Teke dictated this game. They would play long balls up top. There was no, yeah conceded effort to build up possession in the midfield it was either get it to the corners and cross it or play it up top to benteke this big big dude that like you said like Haglin couldn't win any against murphy couldn't win any against so if you know you're not going to win those set yourself up where you win the second ball you know that's that's where you need to focus more of your attention or hey let's drop angulo or wobodo back off of that so that Hey, we know he's going to win it, but let's get the second one and get back in possession. Well, that's uh, that's what happened during that's what happened during the second goal, yeah. right? Yep. During that set that set piece from from distance, almost uh, the half line. Yeah, you know they send the the set piece in, and what is it? It's headed in the direction of the goal. There's somebody that has a wide open goal, and like I said, thank God Roman, you know, phenomenal save. Yeah, but if you got to like the line has to drop back. If, if you are understanding, Hey, I'm not going to get to that ball, you know, to, at that first ball, like you had said, right. wh- where's the second ball going to go? You have to think, where's the next pass? Where's the next, like, and it just didn't look like there was any of that. Um, and then it results into, you know, their second goal, you know, a good goal up by them, but yeah, yeah it, it's, it's all about that second pass when it, when it comes to like set pieces like that. The dude led the league in, you know, those duels. So I'm sure they tried to counteract that in some way, but I just felt like it wasn't good enough. But um, like you said, time to regroup. Let's get, you know, the team back together. Let's add a couple pieces back to our lineup. Um, you know, we'll touch on it here in a minute, but it sounds like we'll get Mascara back. Hopefully get uh, Mourinho back here soon as well. Um, yep. So time to get the boys back together get the squad kind of regrouped and uh, psyched for a big uh, Saturday game coming up. So yeah, uh, we're going to take a break here for a second. We'll get a word from uh, our sponsor and we'll be right back with you. So agility is a technology driven soccer training facility. So we offer six facets of training. Uh, that would be tech touch uh, with ball launchers that work on your first touch, the TSZ, uh, which is the ESA equipment and working on decision-making. We also have a circuit, uh, circuit training would be taking the ESA equipment to the next level. It's kind of like a soccer obstacle course. Then we offer neuroscience training with our reflection tools, uh, working on processing things a little bit faster and eye coordination and such. Uh, we offer skills classes, which is your typical core skills training. Um, lots of people still enjoy that. So we work on a lot of attacking 1v1 skills. And then we also offer athlete development. So our athletes come here and they work on speed, agility, uh, quickness, explosive movements, really just learning how to move and function a little bit better as an athlete. Welcome back. 
Uh, we uh, just got a word from our sponsor here. And again, we're kind of recapping uh, the Toronto and DC games from this past week in typical up and down uh, week for FC. Uh, and I guess because of that, I guess our next point I wanted to kind of bring up here was doing uh, jersey swaps and then our red or yellow cards of the week. So we got some good and we got some bad. Uh, so Sam, what was your uh, jersey swap of the week? Yeah, uh, I already touched on them a little bit ago. Um, touched on them uh, earlier this week um, via my tweets, but uh, my jersey swap is Angulo. Um, like I had talked about prior, um, thought it was his best game against Toronto that he has played for FC Cincinnati. Um, he seems to be maturing more and more, um, especially, you know, like we talked about with Moreno out, needed somebody to step up and he stepped up. Um, and like we had talked about also, you know, he missed the opportunity against DC just off the post, like <laughs> just one of those goals that it was like, so like, right. It, it almost wasn't a shutout. I mean, yes, it was on his weak left foot. Um, it, it just looked like he got the ball kind of caught up underneath his feet um, which is unfortunate, but um, yeah, I, I thought he played really well against DC um, has looked really good with his passing a lot better with his dribbling um, 43 out of 44 passes completed hmm. pretty darn good um, and was two for two on take ons versus defender. So um, that's him one V one versus defender. He was two for two, hmm. um, which is phenomenal. Um, so I, I really, am happy with what I've, you know, seen from Angula the past two games. Angula had a good stretch um, recently. And I think, uh, you know, his involvement in the team going forward is just going to be huge. So getting this experience um, is invaluable. Um, hopefully we can get him on the score sheet here soon too. That yeah. Nice. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> who, you, uh, who you got for yours? My Jersey swap of the week uh, is going to be the FCC youngsters. Um, there's a couple of them, like we had talked about earlier in the episode, we had some guys making their debuts, um, you know, Dado, uh, Steven, um, Mr. Halsey as well. Uh, but even like Sam said, I, I agree with him and Gulo had a gr good week. Um, and even getting to see Kimi back in there. I know I kind of, uh, had some choice words for him earlier. Um, but I, I think it's good to see, um, like you had sent to me, um, Kimi kind of uh, had chosen FC um, in the past, I guess, this week and then moving forward. Because um, I think it's – is it Guatemala that he plays his national team for? Uh, Yeah. So apparently he had an opportunity with them, but he thought that he'd have more of an opportunity with FC to get more minutes. So I really appreciate that out of him. Uh, that's a big sacrifice um, to try to get more minutes with us and to build his confidence is huge. Um, so again, overall, I, I think it's a good week for the FCC youngsters. Uh, I feel like getting all of them back. Um, go ahead, Sam. You're missing one, Akpanonu. He also made his Oh, debut. of course. Yes. Yeah, made his first appearance in the MLS. He had played an Open Cup game against Red Bulls, but uh, to get him some MLS minutes too, for sure. And I think if you want to include... Which... Go ahead, go ahead. No, all you. You were going to include somebody. Oh, I was going to say this was a person that I like didn't even think about because he's a little bit older, but I think Pinto has become like one of my favorite like young guys on the team. Yeah, for sure. Um, his parents and I think family were at the game, um, you know, sitting in the FC like section, which was really cool to see. Um, and I was hoping that he would get some minutes and he did. So that was probably awesome for them to see him play live like that. 
Um, but I, I feel like he's had a just great year in terms of like, it's his first MLS season. He's played, I think, in up for like top three in the most amount of subs, um, yep. you know, used for a single team. He's had mm-hmm. like 14 sub appearances, I think, something like that. Um, he's played some solid minutes for us. Like, even if we're down 3-0, like he's creating, he's making good passes. He's always like one of the most accurate guys on the ball as well. Um, so he shows under, under the radar for sure. Absolutely. And I, yeah. I think another guy that, you know, okay, if Wobodo goes out because of all these yellows, hey, I'd trust Pinto in some ways, maybe with Angulo back there. Eventually that's the future that you look at. That is true. That is true. So yeah. um, now we'll, I guess, move over. Like we were talking about the good and the bad. Uh, what was your card of the week, Sam? Yeah. Um, my card of the week, um, it's going to be a, a guy that we touched on earlier. Uh, Frederico Bernardeschi. Um, <laughs> this guy, I tell you what, like, I just didn't, didn't appreciate his attitude his his big Italian attitude. You know, <laughs> I didn't, didn't appreciate that. Um, you know, it was, he was just frustrated, you know, and I, I, I think the, the frustrations just was, was bullying over for him. Um, I feel like he thinks he's, wasting his time in Toronto uh, at the end of his career. He could be on an Italian beach somewhere, soaking up the sun. Um, I don't know, eating pizza, pasta, whatever you, you know, Italian dish you want to call it. But um, yeah, the, the, the two Italian brothers, it was like Mario and Luigi out there. They were just both like arguing with the ref like this <laughs> the whole time. Um, but yeah, I didn't appreciate how he came at our boys. And uh, yeah, we already talked about Ray standing up for the team and, um, yeah, Bernardeschi is going to get my card of the week. Did you hear, um, I guess about his rumored jewel incident with the team? Have you heard about that? No, I have not. I'd like to learn some more. So apparently like the chemistry on the Toronto team apparently is pretty interesting, but, um, you have the Italians and, you know, at one point, um, again, my friend, Kevin, who came with me to the game, shout out Kevin again. Uh, you know, I, I lean over to him or actually he leaned over to me, I should say, and he goes, is this a situation like from kicking and screaming where they say like, pass it to the Italians? <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I was like, that's pretty true. But um, yeah. those guys apparently dominate a lot of the locker room. Like you're saying, like their heads are a little bit too big for the locker room at sometimes. Um, oh, yeah. So apparently he had been like jeweling like on the team bus, like in the plane and stuff like that. And a lot of the like players were getting pretty upset with him. So bet, yeah something that I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. What was um, your card? My card of the week was I was looking up this guy's name because I really wanted to shout this guy out. Him and Barrial were going back and forth. My yellow card of the week was uh, number 47 for DC United. I'll, I'll find his name out here in a second. This guy comes into the game in the uh, 46th minute uh, or 46th minute. Yeah. Kosai Thompson, right? So this guy comes in and immediately, what does he do, Sam? He rolls up his shorts. Oh, geez. So we had a short off for. Oh, no. Yeah. Guy who ha- who could have the shortest shorts on, on the field. So that was very interesting. And I swear, every time we would look over, like DC's guys pulling up his shorts. And then you look over, Barrial's pulling his shorts up. We're like, dude, by the end, these guys aren't going to be wearing anything. So it was just quite hilarious to see actually but this time it was a 3-0 game right yeah yeah it, so this is this obviously it sounds like this was 
10 times more entertaining than the game. hundred percent. Well, you see it happen in like, we see Barry all do it all the time, but then to see another guy come in and he's like, Oh, oh I'm yeah, gonna, I'll do that. Like I thought I'm going to yeah. out shorts it. So maybe we can get a, a photo for one of our reels or something to show like the short <laughs> level and we'll get like really into depth of like where they were at. I don't want to get too high though. I don't yeah, no, no, that was, that was the thing. I would expect maybe the Italians to start doing that, but it was this guy that was doing it. It was hilarious. I thought it was funny, but definitely uh, my yellow card. Cause you don't challenge Barial on his home turf with the rolling up of the shorts. So, Oh no. Yeah. Definitely had, um, yeah, it, it it was interesting. We'll just we'll keep it at that. <laughs> so moving on here, uh, did you want to I guess touch upon any of the two games that we talked about? Um, I think we covered it pretty well. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, you know, shorts like like yeah, <laughs> shorts and all. Um, like like Pat had talked about. I think you know we we got this loss and it's time to move on. Um, so let's do the same in the podcast. Yeah, I think good, good shout. So over the past weekend, um, New England Revolution takes over the second place spot in Supporter Shield and in the Eastern Conference. FC now has a seven point lead uh, on the Supporter Shield lead overall. Also happens to be, you know, the the conference part as well. Um, one thing that I just wanted to mention upon, you know, our loss is like, hey, this is the first loss we had against an Eastern Conference opponent. You go and play, you know, New England at home and we're undefeated at home. You know, we got to win, but it could be a six point swing. Um, so big game. Nashville in the last two games has lost. So creates a little bit of an opportunity for us to space ourselves. We had tied New England in New England earlier on in the year. Um, they are out a couple of guys, but are still looking like a pretty strong team. Um, they've won a couple of games here in a row now. Looks like um, Mr. Bobby Wood, I believe, has had uh, about four goals in the past six games, actually. So he's on a good run of form. Uh, Carlos Yu, um, also a solid player. So somebody to look out for, um, especially in our, our midfield. If Mourinho can come back in, I think that would um, change things a little bit, too. Maybe you have Angulo a break for him to come in, get some good minutes off the bench. Um, but it should be an interesting game. What are you looking for, uh, for the new England game coming up? Yeah. Uh, like you had touched on it. Um, you know, the last time these two clashed together, was a one, one draw. Um, but I remember that game and it definitely could have ended a lot differently. Um, mm -hmm. looking back and, and looking at the summary of that game, as well as some of the stats, um, and I believe the, the revolution VAR. had, yes, yes, I do. I believe the revolution also had a lot more chances to score um, than that one, one draw looks like um, they had 4.4 expected goals and FC Cincinnati had 2.1. So um, there's a good chance that they're going to come after us again uh, this game. And, you know, we got to stand up to them. We're at home. Um, and on top of that, with a win, FC Cincinnati could set an MLS record for consecutive home wins to start the season with 11. So that's really exciting. Um, we have history on the line and we have to, you know, stand up for that. Uh, that's got to be a, a main motivator for us. But yeah, with, with 43 points um, and, you know, FC Cincinnati remain, you know, at the top of the table, um, New England with 36 right now. Um, this is going to be a huge, you know, Eastern Conference clash. And like you said, 
just a matter of points could could flip the script here um and you know we can't let that happen right um we we've got a great cushion right now let's like let's not get you know too i guess consistent with it like let's keep the fire underneath us right now yeah. and and let's keep going um got to get three points need it especially at home you know um built this yeah. place up to be like you had said, undefeated streak so far there um, could potentially even be a record. Um, they'll, they'll, they usually, you know, feed off of the the crowd. So I, I think um, yeah. the team will be ready to go. We don't have a midweek game. So that definitely helps um, yes. some of the injured yeah. guys. About coming time. Up About time. <laughs> yep. Yep. I think that yeah. loss roster uh, roster schedule, I should say, has been such where it's been crazy over the past month. Uh, we mm-hmm. get to a little bit more of a normal schedule. Um, but then we have a couple games after even, you know, New England where we're playing, um, I, I believe, Nashville and uh, Charlotte and, you know, some pretty decent teams. So if we can start really getting into a good momentum here without some of the important guys that we, you know, have relied upon, let's see if that gives us some confidence going into those games. Hey, we get Bupens in here. Let's, you know, yeah. start scoring more as well. Um, so it will be interesting to see. I think um, for me, keys to the match um, on Saturday especially is um, we saw really interesting in the Toronto game, we had less possession in one. Mm-hmm. DC's game, we actually had about 60% of the possession yeah. and lost by that much. So I think you see us go back to more of a possession-based game, but um Early on in the year, teams kind of respected the way that we did that and dropped back and made us really come at them and try to break them down. I'm really interested to see how New England plays this. Um, they have uh, you know pretty solid strikers up top, like I had mentioned earlier, a really good attacking mid. So you know, good attack, like you had said, Sam, for our defense to bounce back is important. Um, and to be on the front foot. When we score first, we're pretty unstoppable, especially at home. So Keys to me are getting out there, setting the tone with our effort, getting a goal, you know, earlier on in the first half um, and riding out, hopefully getting Kubo back and some guys to come in and add good minutes because their bench versus our bench, I think, is a good shout to kind of look at. They've had some guys that are injured. We have some solid experienced guys that now have played some good minutes in these past several weeks. So um I think that'd be a key. So what are you looking forward to, I guess, for that or any keys to the game that you might want to point out? Yeah, I know you had also mentioned Moreno. Um, so I, for some reason, I don't know why I'm just getting this feeling. I, I, I'm i feeling a Kubo game on Saturday. I don't know if he's going to start. I don't know if he's yeah. going to come off the bench. I know didn't play last game um, or at least Saturday, right? Yeah. But um, I don't know. For some reason, I'm just – I'm feeling like he's going to have an impact uh, in some shape or form. Um, okay. uh, I, I think for me, the episode was – too much about Angula. I needed to throw another midfielder out there, not named Acosta as well. So um, I'm going to throw, you know, Kubo as one of the key guys that I kind of see contributing, but I, I think I'm right there with you. We need to be out, out front on the front foot. Um, but I don't know if, if we go aggressive, like we did against Toronto because of like the, the lineup that we did have. Right. Mm-hmm. Or like you were talked about, you want to see more possession based um, and see what comes out of that. Um, so I, I, I think it, it all comes down to the squad. And to be honest with you, like 
unless we have a solidified back line and this may just, it may not even be a solidified back line. It may just be without Miazga. I don't think we can be as possessive as we want to. So therefore I think we have to keep, we have to keep the ball on their side of the field. Right. Right. Um, I I just don't, that possess that, that back line, I don't think is a possessive back line. Haglin likes to attack. He's, he's an attacking center back. Like he likes to play with the ball. He likes to, you know, Hey, if you hit me with a through ball, like I'll, I'll take it up with me and, and try and dish it off. Like he tries to play a CDM yeah. at some points. Um, and I mean, Murphy's kind of a, more of that, you know, strong center back like that we, we would like to see. Um, and I know you touched on it earlier, you know, he sh- maybe should have been the middle of our defense there last game. Um, but he's but out wasn't, this game but, though, unfortunately. No, I know. Yeah. 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 So with the red card, he's out and that's another man down. Right. So um, the we're, we're going to have to fill those holes. And I, I just don't see us being possessive, especially without a guy like that as well um, from the right. back line. I think we're going to need the midfield to step up a lot. And unfortunately I, I see in Wobodo probably picking up another yellow card because yeah. we're probably going to need him to be very active and he's going to be everywhere on the field in that, you know, that means he's slide tackling a lot of people and getting into dangerous situations. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately I, I may like, I, I could see that happening. Um, and then he'll probably be suspended again. I don't know how <laughs> he may be. He's probably one or two away from another one. I right? think he's got another two or three. Yeah. He's at yeah. least had another two since his suspension. So you're, you're probably close yeah. on about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, th- those are kind of the, the, the keys that I'm looking to is, I think that that midfield will probably drop back a lot more. And I I don't know if we see a lot of goals. I I think it'll be the wingers and the guys up top. Like that'll be who's, who's kind of pushing stuff forward. I think midfield will kind of drop back a little bit more, maybe even a cost to drop it back, to be honest. That's a great shout, especially because uh, new England likes to possess um, and attack through their like center mid guys and their forwards that, um, Mm -hmm. You know, last game we saw how open it was between the strikers and the midfield. There was a ton of space where you see Angulo and Wobodo trying to cover space off of lost headers or lost possession because they were pressing us. So you might see those guys drop back a little bit more to support the back line, um, which you're right, might leave us more into a counterattacking game. Um, So you know, does Santos come in and play more of a role in that sense to yep. be able to spring a counter because he's quicker and bigger than some of the other guys. Um, so that, that's a good point. Um, I think personally that you see Arias start on the right. I think you see Powell right yeah. center back. Um, unfortunately, as much as I hate to say it, I think you're going to see Hagelin again in the center because we don't have anyone else um, because of the fact that Yerson Mascara is back, hopefully. If he's back, yeah. you know, I would love to see him in the center, but then you don't have another left-footed, you know, center back like you would with Murphy. Um, so it's kind of forcing our hand to do that. And then Barial again, you know, on the, the outside left. So um, it should be interesting. Hopefully we can fill those gaps and get more cohesion, getting Mascara back in. They just seemed out of sorts in the back line the last game. Yeah. So hopefully that comes back together. Um, I'm predicting a two-to-one victory um, for FC. I think we get an early goal, we get a second one, and then we let in a late one as they try to attempt to come back. So, Sam, give me your prediction for the game. I, I think New England is going to play us hard. 
Um, and I, I think, I think like that, that like a one goal game, I think mm-hmm. it could be one Oh FC Cincinnati, I think. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I genuinely think, I think our goal is probably going to be lucky uh, or if not like early. Right. And then we're just going to have to defend the rest of the game and try to not, you know, let them score. Yeah. And especially, you know, we're both touching on if we get early goals or an early lead, like our back line is so thin. So our guys are pretty gassed. They've seen a lot of minutes. Do you see Kubo even potentially go into the back line? Like, I don't know, man. Who else do you have? Apodonio, well, we've seen, but we've Halsey. seen looking at the first MLS season, we saw from the get go. Do you remember when they used to try and play Kubo as a CDM? Yeah. Like, yeah, that yeah. that was not he wasn't stepping. He wasn't, you know, tracking his man like I would hope not that they don't do that. Um, right. I hope Pat's done his research um, and knows that's not really a, a situation that you want to put Kubo in. But I mean, to your point, there's not really anybody else that that you can put back there. I mean, Akpanonu, right. Um, but I mean, do you like defensively? Who do, right. who do you to put back there to kind of solidify stuff? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's why we're not the coach, I guess. Right. <laughs> not our problem. <laughs> would you, yeah. Would you switch to a four back system knowing how depleted we are to have a center back that could come in potentially later in the game and then maybe get more options either with wingers or add another midfielder. If you do, you have to go to a four, three, three. Um, yep. I think that's the only option. Cause I think Acosta's is too, uh, like he he's too used to being that number 10 right there in the middle. Right. Mm-hmm. Rather, if you were to go to a different system with four in the back um, and just make him a regular central midfielder, I don't think, you know, we play as good or if at all. Um, yeah. I, and I, I think, especially, I, I think not only does it affect Acosta, but it also affects the wingers. Right. So right now, Barrial is playing out of his mind because you're playing him in the role that he is. Um, and Dude's gas, you're, you're seeing him. Yeah. He looks gas, but he he's consistent. Yeah, right. He, he's one of the only consistent pieces that True. we got. Yeah, by the end of the game, he's gassed. Um, and so maybe you instead of you know starting Arias, maybe you hold Arias and then you sub Arias in for Barrial, right? Put Gattis on the right hand side. Who yeah. knows? Um, you know that's just an option. But but yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I think that the four three three has to be the other option if you're going to go four in the back. What do you think? It's tough for me because he had mentioned so many times, Pat Noonan, that um, they want to keep the same system, you know, no matter how depleted they are, like the team has done well overall, you know, Hey, we had a bad game. Fine. You know, good teams have bad games, but they've played well in that system and everyone knows their role. If you try to switch it up against one of the better teams in the league, you know, you're, you're kind of banking on them adjusting in that short amount of time to play in a new way. Um, yeah. so I think there's a lot of guys looking at each other, like, am I supposed to go here? Am I supposed to pass it here? What am I supposed to do? Especially in a sense of like, you have a lot of younger guys that, you know, are playing or not necessarily like out of position, like, you know, 2019, a lot of guys playing out of position, uh, that's different, but these guys are pretty experienced with the exception of the guys we had mentioned. Um, so could they adapt? Yes. Will, I think that he does that. I, I don't think that he's going to go to a four back. I think he stays in a yeah. five um, personally. So, yeah, I, I think so as well. Um, so um, 
on that, I think we've we've touched on pretty much everything else. Um, and we'll uh we'll close out here with the uh trivia answer. I know everybody's oh, yes. been waiting for it. Um at the end of the episode here. Um to go back to the question of the week. Um Wednesday marked FC Cincinnati's first regular season game without Matt Miazga since his debut with FC Cincinnati. Who did he make his debut against? Ryan had said the Columbus crew, um, and he locked that in. The answer is Atlanta United was his debut game. And to your point earlier, Miazga has started all 27 regular season games since then. Wow. Except yeah. for the last one. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Well, last, last two. Yeah. Or two. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Hmm. Um, so what you're saying is that we're doing pretty well when he's there. <laughs> yes. Seems like. yes. As you can see. Yeah. <laughs> and then when he's not, we had done okay, but this game, I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. That's yeah. a good so, question yeah, though. We'll, we'll see this next game, but um, I, I just, you know, talking about, how many guys that we've had out, I thought this would be a, a crucial question to have of like how valuable a player is, especially not only for the team, but for that back line specifically. It's the guy that I told you about over the past couple of years that I thought was that our we glue guy. Need him. We need him. He's our glue guy. Sitting um, on the bench at Chelsea. Yeah. Yep. Um, and on that note too, to kind of touch on it, I wanted to real quickly before we close here, give a shout out. Um, good luck to the U S men's national team. Matt Miazga, Brandon Vasquez, especially. Uh, they play St. Kitts and Nevis. They've never played this team before. Uh, they play, I believe, on Thursday. So everyone tune in for that. Uh, look for our two FC guys to probably make uh, good contributions. I feel like Vasquez will probably come in and most likely start after the way he played. Um, yeah, absolutely. I know Sam and I are planning on going to the Gold Cup quarterfinal games at TQL. So we're really rooting on, uh, especially the U S to do well. Um, how that works is it's a tournament style. The two best teams from each of the two groups that are potentially going to play at TQL. Um, you know, the U S is involved with that. Jamaica is involved with that. The Canada team I believe is as well. Um, so we're hoping to see some good games coming up. Um, but, uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. Sam, did you have any, uh, final thoughts? No, um, just on to the next one. Let's hope for a uh, victory this Saturday. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>